Hey family, it's Natalie Valle, and this is Practical Alchemy, the podcast. I am a multidisciplinary healer and practitioner here to empower you with insightful, powerful, and heart-centered conversations. Our goal here at Practical Alchemy is to share stories, tools, and modalities from experts, teachers, mentors, and friends to help alchemize your life and to remind you that you're always on your journey to evolution and you're not alone in it. We'll dive into topics ranging from wellness, healing, spirituality, dharma, relationships, manifestation, and so much more. Thank you for being a part of this beautiful, supportive community. I can't wait to connect with you in real life at events, retreats, trainings, courses. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back, Practical Alchemist. I am here solo today recording this episode that has really been inspired after my time traveling in both Chile and Hawaii last month. And the inspiration really stemmed from my interaction with the locals there. And then, of course, both trips involved being with a lot of family, which naturally I tend to have a lot of compassion and love for my family. And so the culmination of both things really inspired this episode. And so I hope you enjoy. I want to dive into the concept of metta meditation. Perhaps you've heard of it. Perhaps you haven't. Metta is a word that originates from the Pali language. It's a language that is closely related to Sanskrit. It's actually spoken in North India And metta, M-E-T-A, essentially means positive energy, kindness towards others. This practice in the West is also known as loving kindness meditation. Perhaps you've heard of it from that perspective. And at the end of the episode, we'll practice it a little bit so that you can drop into what that feels like. If you're in a place where you can drop in or you can pause it, and come back to it when you are in a place where you can drop in. And the goal of metta meditation is to cultivate kindness for all beings, to cultivate compassion, to cultivate empathy, to cultivate love, including yourself, your family, your neighbors, and people who maybe challenge you, people who perhaps bring up a lot of triggers within us. And I think it's a beautiful practice because as human beings, we are such social creatures, some of us more so than others. But at the end of the day, dis-ease breeds in isolation and coming out of the shift that the whole world experienced, I think a lot of us experienced isolation and what that felt like. And also on the opposite end, how good it felt to finally come together with community, whether it was you and your best friend got dinner in the early days, social distancing, or you got to do an outdoor event. And now we're all re-entering the world with perhaps this newfound sense of appreciation for community 
and whatever community means to you. That could be your two very best friends in the world. That could be a big group of people who maybe you don't know, but you come together for a yoga class, for a concert. That could be a family gathering for a holiday, whatever it is. And I think the theme here that keeps coming up for me and what came up for me during my travels was this idea of friendliness. People, especially in Hawaii and also in Chile and in different parts of the world, especially Costa Rica, actually, which is a really interesting country that maybe we'll get into, but I just experienced so much friendliness from strangers. And maybe it's because I'm used to living in Los Angeles where it's not that people aren't friendly, it's that people are moving at such a quick speed that they don't take the time to humanize the people around them. They just fade into the background as we're laser focused on the task at hand. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm not saying that I sometimes don't take the time to greet the person at the grocery store at Trader Joe's properly because I'm in a rush to get to my next place before hitting traffic. Whatever the case might be, this idea of friendliness, and I like the term friendliness because it's something that we can all relate to. I think this idea of having compassion and empathy for strangers and even more so for people that challenge us, can sometimes feel tricky if we haven't been doing the work for very long. And even if we have been doing the work and our bandwidth, our, I like to call it, oh gosh, the word is slipping my mind, but our bandwidth to have patience for other people runs thin when, we're, when we are stretched thin, when we're stressed out. And so it can be sometimes a little bit hard to grasp the concept of, what, I'm supposed to have compassion for this person that completely just cut me off and flicked me off in the same moment? And the answer is yes. And the answer is also, you won't always be able to do, and that is okay. And so taking this into simpler terms, talking about friendliness, I think is a much more approachable perspective to think about the concept of metta, the term metta, and there's actually this book written by Brian Hare and Vanessa Woods. They were a part of the Duke Evolutionary Anthropology organization and group, and they explained how our common humanity, our origins, are the reason that we humans have survived for so long. So often coined, I think it was by Darwin, the term of survival of the fittest. Some would argue that it's actually survival of the friendliest. And when we think about human beings, we have developed different faculties in our brain that allow us to process emotion, that allow us to feel empathy, that allow us to communicate with others verbally and non-verbally. And so because of that, we've been able to band together and work together. And so because we are friendly creatures, because we are social creatures, we've been able to survive. There is actually 
studies done with chimpanzees and bonobos, which is actually in the book. And both of these species have the potential for aggressive males to be aggressive towards the infant, towards the babies. However, bonobos tend to have zero cases of infants dying from male aggression because the female bonobos are able to communicate well and form alliances to protect each other's youngs from the aggressive males. And so that ability to be friendly, that ability to communicate, that ability to empathize has been able to help a lot of the baby bonobos to survive more so than the chimpanzees can. And so there are so many examples. For example, another example, dogs versus wolves, right? Dogs were able to, through evolution, become friendlier, learn how to work with humans, be playful, be more approachable. And through the process of domestication, there are dogs in other countries that just run wild in the city. There are dogs in shelters because we can't keep enough on off the streets because they're reproducing so quickly because their their species is thriving because they're such friendly creatures. Whereas wolves, yes, they're friendly within their own packs, but they're more timid. They're more shy. They're more scared. And it's not to say we should domesticate wolves. That is the nature of the creature. It's just to point out the example of the abundance of dogs in the world and unfortunately the lack of abundance of wolves. It also, humans have also been a part of the diminishing quantities of wolves in the different parts of the world. And at the same time, just looking at it face value, there is again, the example of survival of the friendliest. And so nowadays, I think it's so easy because of the illusion of separation for us to either A, dismiss the people around us, right? Not even give them awareness or presence to recognize that they're there and they exist. Sometimes people just fade into the background of the movie of our lives, Or B, two, I don't know which one I named first. There is also the approach of the othering. And through othering, we fear the other. We fear the different. We fear the groups in which we don't feel like we belong. And so it even furthers that separation. And then comes the reaction of anger, of hatred, of me versus you, us versus them. And so the salve for a lot of the issues in this world is friendliness. Because what happens? Think about this for a second. What happens when you're walking down the street And for me, an an individual who identifies as a woman, I see a man approaching me and they look big and they look scary and they're a stranger. Yes, there is, of course, always the chance that they are not a good person, but more than likely, they're just another human. And what happens when 
you smile at that person and you gaze at that person's eyes and just acknowledge that they're there. And then they smile at you back. Immediately, that wall of fear, of othering, of defensiveness comes down because of friendliness. Same thing when you are having an awful day and then a sweet person just happens to acknowledge you, ask you how you're doing and and looks at you in the eyes and smiles at you with a warm, authentic smile. Think about that. It has the potential to shift your entire energy for the day. And so friendliness is the salve for so much of human suffering that comes from the illusion of separation. This idea of othering and being in places like Hawaii, being in places where people just live slower lives. I tend to find that people are a lot friendlier because they have the capacity to stop acknowledge this human being in front of them and have a moment, maybe just share a smile, maybe just make eye contact. And that in itself breeds feelings of safetyness, feelings of togetherness, feelings of connection, right? We immediately feel simpatico with them. We immediately feel like, yeah, I feel safe with this person. And it's interesting because different parts of the world are friendlier than others. And that is for for many different reasons. And so when I talked about Costa Rica, what's interesting about Costa Rica is that Costa Rica, if I'm not mistaken, they don't have an army. They've never been a country that has suffered much from a ton of war, a ton of Even like during the colonialism times, there wasn't a lot of cash crops that the settlers could exploit. Slavery wasn't as big as it was in other parts of Mesoamerica. And so for generations, a lot of these peoples have lived in peace. And so, of course, when your ancestors were peaceful people that had the space to be kind, to be friendly, because they didn't have to fear for their lives, yes, of course, it's going to be a lot easier to feel friendly and to also, through your DNA, carry those codes of friendliness of those kinds of personalities. And so we also look at different parts of the world, different cultures, that where that wasn't the case where there was a lot of cash crops for settlers to exploit and there was a lot of human slavery that happened and a lot of suffering. And so suffering has been a part of those ancestral lineages. Yes, perhaps it is going to be more challenging for people who come from those backgrounds to naturally feel safe all the time because their ancestors never felt safe. And so they carry that with them, which is an even deeper sense of having empathy and compassion for individuals from all over the world that have ancestors that come from those lineages. So friendliness is really such a magical thing that is the gift that keeps on giving. And sometimes 
friendliness is a muscle. Friendliness is maybe not what our society is most commonly practicing because we're so busy in the hustle, in the go-go, in the competition mentality, in the scarcity mindset. And so perhaps friendliness is a muscle that we need to train, that we need to strengthen, that we need to grow. And meta meditation, meta is probably the most powerful way to strengthen this muscle. And the goal of metta, going back to this beautiful practice, this loving kindness meditation, and the reason that we do it is to begin to cultivate those feelings of positive energy, of kindness towards others. And yes, we practice it towards our family, towards our friends, towards our neighbors, towards the animals in our lives. And we practice it towards strangers in the street. We practice it with difficult people in our lives, whether we know them or not. Sometimes it's maybe celebrities or public figures that are always on the headlines in the news. And anytime we see their name or hear their name, we're triggered. And it's not to say like we have to justify their actions because there are people who are making really poor choices out there in this world. That much I know for sure. But it's more so this concept of not allowing those individuals to rob you of your happiness, of your peace. And for us to have the ability to step into a higher plane, a higher frequency, a higher vibration, regardless of what's going on around us, that is to me the true definition of sovereignty. Because listen, Yes, there is chaos in this world. Yes, there is polarity in this world. Yes, there is suffering in this world. And there are moments where it will be our civil duty to stand up and speak up for the voiceless, to stand up and fight for those who can't fight for themselves, to stand up and utilize our privilege to benefit those who don't have it. And... May we do so with peace and love in our hearts. That was the whole mission statement of Gandhi. He didn't fight violence with violence, but he also wasn't passive because people consider Gandhi to have been an activist, a warrior of peace, a warrior of love. And I'm not perfect, trust me. I have my moments where I go off on people in my car for nearly running me off the road for whatever. And so that's why we call it a practice because we practice it and it'll never be perfect. It's not a destination, it's a journey. And so we practice loving kindness meditation. We practice friendliness towards all towards everyone, including the difficult people in our lives, including the strangers, including the quote-unquote others, including the groups in which we don't feel like we identify. And not only is this beneficial for the collective, because we're creating ripples of peace, of love, of friendliness, of kindness, It's also really beneficial for our well-being. 
And so the practice of metta has been found to benefit mental, emotional, and physical health. And especially when we're feeling negative emotion towards ourselves, first and foremost, ourselves and other people. There truly is nothing like community and feeling supported by like-minded individuals who share the same mission and are also on their journey to evolution. And if you're craving this, I invite you to join me in the Alchemized Life membership. This is a virtual community and a membership of beautiful people from all across the world. And we come together every month for community healing circles, workshops around lunar cycles, and cacao circles. And these are all live, all recorded, and you have access to them whether you want to pop on live or you want to watch the recordings of them. And if you feel called to join the membership, I would love to invite you to try your first month for just a dollar using the code PracticalAlchemy at checkout. And I hope to see you in the portal soon. Back to the show. You know, I have found that for me, it's really hard for me to be kind to others if I am not kind to myself. And knowing that when I'm going through a hard time, it's really hard for me to be really, really kind to other people. And so knowing that about myself helps me have empathy towards people who are unkind. Think about it. Think about an aspect of yourself that you're constantly judging, that you're constantly hating on yourself for, that you're constantly wishing you could change. When that is present in your prefrontal cortex, it's like a trance. You can't think about anything else. Every Everything that you look at, everything that you think about gets filtered through this lens. At least it does for me. And I know that when I'm feeling that way, it's really hard for me to be kind and to be my fullest most authentic expression of my heart. If I'm having a really awful day, I'm probably not going to be walking around with the biggest smile on my face, am I? And so this is also another point of knowing yourself to help us know others because we don't know what another person is going through. We don't know why the person at the grocery store was super rude to us. What the heck? I didn't do anything. I didn't deserve to be given that side eye or bumped into without an apology. What if that person's, what if that person just got fired and they're a single mom and have four babies that they don't know how they're going to feed next, next week, right? Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. And so not allowing others to rob us of our happiness is one part. But the other part is we don't know the full story. We only know our experience. 
And so if we can stay grounded in knowing that we have peace and love in our hearts, whatever happens around us, we can have nothing but compassion and empathy for them. Metta meditation is a traditional Buddhist practice that it's been used for thousands of years. There are different approaches. So however you practice, whatever experience you have with it, the point of it is to develop unconditional positive emotions towards all beings. And these positive emotions can be developed through feelings of joy, of trust, of love, of gratitude, of happiness, of appreciation, of compassion. And so to cultivate these emotions, what we're going to do is we're going to silently recite phrases to ourselves. And then they're not going to be in front of us, but we're going to visualize the other people who we're going to recite these phrases towards. My personal favorite phrases to recite for this meditation is, may I be safe, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I be free from all suffering. And you can slice and dice them however you want. And so we'll practice this in a little bit. But to tell you why it's even good to practice this from we're always trying to better ourselves to evolve. I mean, I don't have to tell you what kind of, maybe I do, but the kind of ripple effects that can this can have in the quantum and the collective to truly do work for the collective. This is it. This is such a powerful one. But the benefits from a more tangible perspective, of course, this helps promote so much self-compassion. If you're ever feeling negative emotion towards yourself, this can be such a beautiful practice to get yourself out of that, whether it's unworthiness or self-doubt or anger, self-criticism, self-judgment, whatever it might be. Of course, this meditation decreases stress and anxiety. It can actually reduce physical pain. So negative emotions can reduce the tolerance to pain. And so if you're experiencing negative emotions, you will have less tolerance to pain, whereas positive emotions have the opposite effect. They give you bigger tolerance for pain. So your tolerance for pain goes up. Longevity. So there are these things called telomeres. They Maybe you've heard of them. Telomeres, telomeres or telomeres? I have to Google it. But their DNA structures at the end of each chromosome. And the older we get these telomeres shorten, but practices like meditation, like metta can actually reduce stress, which can slow down the process of this biological aging of the shortening of telomeres. And like I said in the beginning, we are social creatures and this meditation naturally enhances social connections. If you are ever This is my favorite thing to do. If I'm ever going to a networking event and I'm feeling anxious, like social anxiety shows up, which we all have it, dropping into this meditation before going into a room, you will be the most vibrant, the most magnetic, the most loving person in that space because it'll be pure frequencies from your heart that will be emanating. And so... I don't know if I've sold you enough on it. It's my favorite meditation to do, and we can practice it together if you want. If you want to find a comfortable seat, if you're driving, if you're walking, you can just listen and go through the process 
in your heart, in your mental space, but keep your awareness on exactly what you're doing. And so wherever you are, close the eyes. If that's accessible, take a slow, deep breath in. Let it go. Let the eyebrows soften. Let the jaw unclench. And now we'll start with ourselves. Directing the phrases towards yourself. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be free from all suffering. Notice how it makes you feel. Try not to judge yourself. Just return to the phrase and keep repeating it. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I be free from all suffering. And now think about a friend whom you love and or a family member, a partner. And just think about this specific person or even this group of people. Imagine they were all standing together, smiling at you. And now recite the phrase towards them. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from all suffering. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from all suffering. Just recognize the meaning of what you're saying and notice how you feel. And now begin to recite the phrase to a stranger, maybe a person that was at the checkout line with you at the grocery store, next to your yoga mat, next to the light and traffic, person that you walked past on your morning walk. And recite the phrase to them. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from all suffering. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from all suffering. Imagining all this love radiating from your heart. And finally, see if maybe you can bring a person to your mind's eye who you find challenging. And don't worry if you're judging yourself, just think about this person and see if you can recite the phrase to them. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from all suffering. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be free from all suffering. And now place a hand on the heart and just allow yourself to drop into the space of your heart, feeling gratitude for this intelligent part of you. Taking a deep breath in and let it go. <sighs> Thanks for joining me today on this beautiful shorter episode slash meditation. Let me know if you liked this format of the pod. And as always, thanks for being here. I really feel so grateful and honored and humbled that I can share messages with people that provide value, that provide insight. And I'm just grateful that there are so many like-minded beings out there and know that 
I'm sending you love. And may you be happy. May you be healthy. And may you be free from all suffering. I'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody.